Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Only community people. All my security were straight out of jail. I would only give ex-cons jobs because they couldn't get jobs. That was, you know, people that were homeless. People lived in my club. They had nowhere to go. And many a times I had to save a life or two. That's how critical it used to be. And when you're open seven nights a week, you might have a, a situation on a Monday where somebody might be getting killed. And it's only Monday. We didn't even get to the weekend yet. You know, right. there's 3,300 nights of hip hop I went through. Red lights would blink through the whole club and all the rooms, knowing that the police were coming in. So, you know, I always, I was just so community based. And, you know, I was in, I knew I, I felt I was the chosen one. I was the one God picked for, to, to, to help this community and help these people through music. What if I told you there was more to the story behind game-changing events? Get ready for my new podcast, That Moment with Damon John. We'll jump into the personal stories of some of the most influential people on the planet, from business moguls and celebrities to athletes and artists. So I'm here with Sal Abatello, and, you know, I'm going to, believe it or not, I'm going to keep bringing you interesting people that you may or may not know, however, but you can learn a lot from and. I really don't have enough time um, to go through all of his accomplishments, but I just want to break it down like this. You know, he's a legend in New York City, a legend around the world. If you really look at where what he has helped uh, 
Propel has touched around the world, meaning hip hop. But he's also, uh, you know, worked in the music industry some capacity for 45 years, and he's gone through four or five genres of music: disco, then this emerging music called rap, then freestyle, then back to rap. And so I, I think that first of all, as we get into this, we're going to be able to learn on learn about how you can go 45, 50 years of doing something you absolutely love. How can you find out about the new things that are going on and make it your own and push it out there and the lessons you can learn more importantly from the failures of what's going on. So th Sal, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Um, uh, you know, briefly, you know, I, your story is that your, your dad had a, had a club called Disco Fever and hugely popular in the Bronx, right? And and you started working there as a bartender. And in 1976, uh, I think that you started to, to do other things there. Now, I know your history just because I'm a New Yorker. And if you don't know your history, right. you're crazy. I know that... Um, you know, uh, disco was popular, but now all of a sudden there was this music that was coming around from the streets, right? It's called rap music. And yeah. most people didn't want to touch the stuff. No. Right? And you decided to embrace it. And actually, you know, you were one, you were probably the, the, the number one spot where rappers would die to go and be seen. Grandmaster Clash, Furious Five, Busy B, Sweet G, all those all those people. And I know that at the time, you being an Italian American, most of your community said, hey, you know, I'm, I can't use the word here, but you're an end lover. Why are you dealing with those people? Why are you letting them in your business, in your club? What are you talking about? This is not rap today. This is when it was very, very small. And the kids we looked at is just poor kids from the street who are banging on a couple of cans. Right. So tell me a little bit about, you know, at that time, what you were seeing happening. And, uh, you know, let's just get right into right. it. Well, luckily for me, I'm blessed. Uh, my father and, and my ancestors came in. They, they, they settled in in the Bronx on 149th and Washington Avenue. My mother, my father, they opened up grocery stores. So we were in the community from the 50s. Right. So my father decided to open up a neighborhood bar. So on 149th and 3rd Avenue right, in, right. in the Bronx. Right. It was called Alley's East. So in there is where I got my taste of music, Motown, jazz, mm. you know, all of that. From there, I grew up in that. So being in that community, I was, we were one of the last white families left. So being a, in, in a black community was not odd to me. It was very comfortable. You know, I had uncles that were black, you know, as growing up as a child. Sure. So being, you know, being around that music and that environment, I was very comfortable in it. As we go on into the 60s now, disco's starting to explode. Doo-wop just finished. And we opened up a, a bar in, uh, on Pelham Parkway and White Plains Road. Mm. And it was more of a like mafia wise guy place and mm. Chaz Palmolari played there, Joe Pesci played there, mm. uh, Frankie Vincent played there. So I was in that environment now. Now I'm wow. like 18, okay. 19, right. I'm tending bar. And everything was bands back then. So it was great, another great time during music. Then all of a sudden the DJ starts emerging in the mid 70s. Right. And all these band places start going out because it's a lot cheaper to have. A DJ. Yeah, someone coming with crater yeah. records, right? Right. You know, and you don't got to pay all, all this band and tech and all that stuff. So now I opened up the first disco in the Bronx on Williamsbridge Road in Pelham Park. We called Sally Abbott's Playhouse. Mm. And it takes off. It's going great. 
And then disco started blowing up. And uh, my father had uh, opened up a place called Cafe Pepper and Salt, which was on 169th and Jerome in the Bronx also. Mm-hmm. It was a jazz place. George Benson went there. The Knicks used to go there. Frazier and uh, all the Giants used to go there, the football place. So he had a very popular place. Uh, and from that, up the block, he decided to open up a disco. This is like 76, 77. Right. Went to the open up a club. Unfortunately for him, the disco music started dying at that particular time. Got it. Back in, going back now to where I was, I'm in the Bronx up at that, you know, that wise guy place. And uh, I get into a confrontation at the disco with somebody and I wind up getting shot twice. So my dad was like, yo, let's go. We got to get out of this. Let's, I'm going to open up a club in the Bronx downtown. Why don't you come work there? So I go down there. I'm 25 years old. And at the end of the night, I see this guy, Sweet G, Mm-hmm. And he's rhyming on the mic. You know, it's like five, six in the morning. So at four o'clock, the regular DJ would go home. G would come on the turntables and he started rhyming. And I'm watching the crowd, the reaction. He's making the whole place be like one person. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching this from the side, like say ho, ho. And so now everybody who don't know each other, doctor, lawyer, pimp, hooker, a drug dealer, whatever, they're all being this one person. He's bringing the club together as one, which was a great interaction of people meeting people. Right. So I walked over, I was intrigued with the music. I said, well, yo, what is this? He says, it's going on in the streets. And, you know, this is what they call hip hop. I'm like, well, bring me somewhere. I want to see it. So I go to the park. Me and him go to the park. I see Grandmaster Flash in the park. And he's killing it. But, you know, it was all teenage movement. At the time, the drinking age was 18. So uh-huh. it wasn't that bad. Right. They changed the law in the 80s. Uh, so I go down. I see the reaction. I go, wow. We got to bring this indoors. So I go back to my father. I say, yo, I found this music in the streets called hip hop. So they knew a little bit about it. And all his friends, his older friends, my uncles, all, you know, they're all black. Like, hell no, that music's you crazy. It ain't real music. They're spitting in the mic. They're yeah. scratching the records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're disrespecting the artists. They're using right. their music, you know, right, uh, right, right. you know, right. James Brown's music, Jimmy Castor. Like, right. they're ruining everybody's music. I go, dad, this is going to be the new, the new movement in the Bronx. It's the next generation. These are the children of Motown, of R&B, of jazz. That's, right. This is going to be the new movement. So anyway, I bugged him for a while. He was saying no. Finally, he gives me a yes. I said, give me one night. Give me a Tuesday night. Let me bring it indoors. So we bring it indoors on a Tuesday night. It's a dollar to get in, a dollar a drink, 1977. Uh-huh. And I convinced Grandmaster Flash to DJ for $100. All right. With the Furious Five. With the Furious Five. <laughs> all of them were there. With the Grandmaster Flash, so they all made seventeen fifty dollars The thing was, I promised like him he'd be a star. Right. I said, I'm going to make you a star. It ain't even about the money. I said, you're in the street. Nobody's seeing you. I'm going to give you a platform where people can come see you every night. And then you're going to have opportunities. Sure well, enough. Why, why would you do that? I mean, it's a dollar and a dollar a person to get in, right? You got this crowd where really was gangsters gang. from the streets, yes. right? Break dancers. They're doing something, you know, they're break dancers, graffiti Kings, writers, uh, right? Black, Black spades, all, all that. Yeah. You're letting them in for a dollar. You're not going to make a lot of money. And a dollar a drink. You're right. really not going to make a lot of money. Why? Why do that? Because that was my opportunity to show. The magnitude of this new music, this new movie. Now you're proof of concept. Right. So right. I, I had to make it. Remember, they're teenagers now, too. So the drinking age was 18, but you know, teenagers are sneaking in. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're 15, 16. 15, 16. Right, right. Place High school kids. Down if, Absolutely. You, know, if you find out. Absolutely. And now you, you, so you feel that strongly about this thing to call it proof of concept. Now, for those who don't 
No, uh, where hip hop is genre of it started. When you saw Sweet G on at five o'clock in the morning, for the kids right now who don't know, hip hop at that time, a DJ was to spin the record. An MC was supposed to come on and purely talk about the DJ. He was only there to say, hey, my DJ can scratch, my DJ can do this. At that time, mic controllers, microphone controllers, MCs really weren't, the Jay-Zs of the world weren't there. If there was a Jay-Z, he was only there to say three or four words about what the DJ was playing. Correct. Plus, he was interacting with the crowd. Interacting with the crowd. That, that was the biggest thing. The crowd was involved with what they were doing, so they felt part of the night. Yeah. They were like part of the entertainment. But I'm, but I'm trying to set the stage to show how early you were when there wasn't technically an MC. There oh, there was, was no just, music. Yeah, there right. was a DJ right. who was a star, right. and this guy was almost like the ringing announcer at a boxing match, right? right. That's who the MC was. It was his was crew. That, that was the crew. Right. Everybody had their own crew. You know, my first DJ was Cool Herc. Actually, cool he didn't Herc, even he didn't even, he didn't even rap. You know, he right. was just a DJ. Right. He was with Clark Kent, and they spoke on the mic. But like you said, you know, they were, all the ones that were emceeing were in the streets. Right. There was no venue. There was no outlet for them to come. Right. I open up. It's successful, and before you know it, it's seven nights a week. I got hot DJ Hollywood. I bring in Eddie Chiba, Reggie Wells, Lovebug Starsky, Junebug. So I start bringing in the most popular ones in the street, doing, giving them their own nights, seven nights a week. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Now, all of a sudden, hip-hop starts to really blow up. The record comes out, whether it's Sugar Hill Gang, then all of a sudden, the Furious Five, the Blondie record, and all those types of people come out. And even then, it gets even to a more commercialized level with Run DMC, BC Boys, LL Cool J. You are the mecca. You are the Apollo Theater, the Madison Square Garden, the Wimbledon Stadium of this genre. And why were people now all flocking to you up in the Bronx? Not coming down to downtown clubs in New York City. They were all coming to the Bronx. Where at that time, Bronx was a very, very tough area. We were going through, a, you know, it was a lot of gangs. A lot of the buildings were demolished and destroyed by the landlords. Um, very dangerous to go yes, out there. Yes, it was very. Right? And everybody didn't have a car. Nobody right? had a car. Nobody had a car. Everybody was on a train. You, your parents you didn't have a car. Right. Why are people coming there from all around the world? Well, now remember, it's it's boiling around in every borough, in Queens and yeah. Brooklyn. It's, it's, it's boiling out. But here's the first venue where they could go to to actually see. So now what's happening is the first record comes out in 79, Rapper's Delight, right? Mm-hmm. Starts blowing up. As that's blowing up, the club is just expanding. Russell Simmons starts hanging out there. Mm-hmm. We become really good friends. Mm-hmm. He's like, Sal, you got to start your own label. We, we got to take this. So Russell's using the fever because I ran it so well. The sound system was great. You know, it held a thousand people. He's using it as an outlet to get deals, promote deals. He's bringing up record executives. He's bringing magazines up. I'm in People Magazine, yeah, yeah. Time Magazine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just blowing up. So he started off as a booking agent and, and a manager. And who does he bring up? Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow, me the and breaks. him. He it blows Christmas up. Christmas rap. Yep. Mm-hmm. He blows up and he's the first uh, uh, single rap artist to have a gold record. He's on American Bandstand. Yeah. Curtis Blow's on American Hanging Bandstand. Hanging out with Dick Clark. He's on Soul Train. Yes, uh-huh. it's crazy. So now as that's blowing up, I start opening up other venues. I will place up the block called uh, Pepper and Salt. We make it to put a DJ in. I open up a skating ring called Skate Fever so I could cater to the young generation, but only with the genre. We we played R&B, but it was predominantly hip-hop club. Now it's growing up, so now I make my first record in 79 called Heartbeat Rap with Mm -hmm. Sweet G. Mm -hmm. First time I hear my record on the radio. It's it's unbelievable feeling, as you know, you know, uh, when you have something successful where you're trying so hard. But you're right. The other problem was the the whole Bronx was burning. There was no jobs, 30% unemployment. And I become the only person that they could look to the neighborhood for something, whether it be charity work, United Negro College Fund, or a family whose kid died and they're in the morgue and they don't have money to get him out. We, you know, we would put up signs and pay for their funerals. So I started becoming 
like this go-to person in the Bronx because nobody did. I was the only white person that they probably would trust because back then, you know, there was, you know, Martin Luther King had just got murdered in the late 60s and yeah. so that that carried through through the 70s, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were still people who didn't trust me, but, you know, I always was straight with them. I never tried to do anything with the artists and, mm -hmm. and, and be their managers or anything. I was just helping up the community to keep the club going. Uh, we started the United College Fund so we could deal with entertainment. So I wanted to deal with music, entertainment, and, and sports. What does that do for kids? Keep them out of trouble. So mm -hmm. I wanted to do those three main things. So I started the Rutgers Basketball League in 1979. Mm -hmm. Very famous, still, even still today. Still they today. The or something like I that, played right? in the first three games. I won the first MVP. Mm -hmm. It was an unbelievable night. 3,000 people showed up at Mount Morris Park in 1979. I did it with Mr. Magic, you know, rest mm -hmm. in peace, who was the first DJ to get on BLS. So we're breaking through all these things and we're giving the community something that they didn't have. The politicians were gone. Nobody would help. So I started helping and we were helping ourselves. Is You know, as we talk about what power is and a lot of people who will watch this will be entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and, and, a, and a lot of them will question themselves on why they're doing what they're doing every day. Would you say that that is some of the things that are empowering, not just the dollar, it's the fact that you care for your community, your customer, you realize that whether you signed up for it or not, you become a mentor to whether two or 2,000 or two, you know, 20 million people. Um, do you find that that is one of the things that have kept you going through all these years? Yeah. I mean, the older I get, the more I get that. You did this. If it wasn't for you, you changed my life around. I used to take drugs. I straightened out. You showed me how to work. Show me to be a road manager. I don't know if I would have Google if you didn't really highlight this new music that was a voice of the people at that time because hip-hop, I would later on become somebody who's dressing the community and take it to another level. So I, I guess I, I, I not guess. I owe you a, a, a great, uh, you know. Actually, I, I, well. when you very first started, I went up because... Uh, me and LL were pretty good friends and yeah. he has just started working with you. And I went up to your first place. I remember you were there. You were very young. It yeah. had to be what? Early 80s. 80s? Oh, was no, that late? Not about 95. Oh, was that late? Yeah, 95? Yeah, wow. It's all one thing. You've been around doing this wow. for 40 something years, man. Uh, 10 years goes like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, you know, so yeah, again, like you're saying, you know, uh, power is to understand that, you know, uh, you're, you're also knowing that you have a built in responsibility that comes with this. Now, it didn't just stop there. Now, we can, we can, we can keep going on with all the things that you've done for the hip hop community, but then a new music starts to come around. It, it, it's called uh, Freestyle. Cover girls and uh, so many other bands come around. Lisa Lisa, Lisa Lisa, right? Jam and all that stuff. Lizette Melendez, first yeah. Lizette Melendez. You're one of the first, probably the first, to really start highlighting and pushing that. How did you make this transition? And how did and, and it had to be something you enjoyed because you couldn't be successful in it if you didn't enjoy right. it. How did you make this transition and why? Well, you know. In business, you have to reinvent yourself constantly. Right. No matter what you have, as hot as it could be, it could be gone tomorrow. You know how right. it flips. Right. Yeah. So in the 80s, it's blowing up, uh, the hip-hop. 83, uh, you know, like I said, we're in all these magazines, TV shows. Run DMC comes out, blows up. I start my own record company. Mm -hmm. I write this record called Games People Play. Mm -hmm. goes to number one. Everything's just going up and all of a sudden the fever starts getting a little old mm -hmm. and it's been there eight years nine years and now hip-hop's going around the world right. it ain't in the little place disco fever right 
Beastie they, Boys that run doing concerts. Yeah. Oh, they're going to Roxy's, they're going to Webster Hall, they're yeah, going yeah. downtown. Now it's all over the country. You know, the Furious. Now, all the original rappers, they're all falling off now. The first party rappers. Right. Furious Five, Curtis, Treacherous Three, all those guys, they're falling off Funny now. Boy, yeah. Luckily for me, in 1985, Warner Brothers comes in and want to do a movie about hip-hop. Mm-hmm. About, so they come to Fever. So in 85, they do the movie Crush Groove, mm-hmm. which I'm ready for it to give me a second life. Right. Unfortunately for me, it brought so much attention to the neighborhood, they wind up closing the club up after 10 years for no cabaret license. So I'm waiting for the second go around. Oh God, now the whole world's going to know about the fever. Right. You know, I mean, even though they did know, but now they're going to, it's going to reincarnate it again. Okay. And we get closed the last night filming of Crush Groove. We get shut down. Padlock. So, so no cabaret, meaning that everybody, they're doing a production up there. It's a movie being shot. Yes. So now the city the police, the film department, the arts department are all looking at you and they're going, you know what, we got to be careful because there's some potential legal issues. You don't have a cabaret license, meaning people, cabaret license, you can dance, correct? Yes. Uh, you entertainment, had, live yeah, entertainment. You, yeah, live entertainment. You had your bar and everything yes. else, but... Everything was legal. You you you're, that. you're ready for this, but it's kind of like those people that go on Shark Tank and they're going, all right, I'm going to air next month. Let me get a gazillion dollars worth of inventory. All of a sudden, unfortunately, a natural disaster happens. And that Friday night or that Sunday yeah. night, they were going to air. They don't air. They get preempted because of something else. Yeah. You have to shut down at what you felt was the next bite of the apple. The next, I'm like, wow, going to get another 10-year run. And I was very community-minded, too. Sure. It meant a lot to me. I had 180 to 200 people working for me at one point in, in 1983. That's a lot of people. And only community people. All my security were straight out of jail. I would only give ex-cons jobs because sure. they couldn't get jobs. That was, you know, people that were homeless. People lived in my club. They had nowhere to go. They would drive the train. So anyway, I'm like, wow, this is great for me. Now I could, like, go to the next level. And, you know... It was people were coming out of that a little bit now in the mid 80s. Right. So now Crush Groove comes out, the club gets closed, and unfortunately, I'm depressed. I'm sitting in a park one day and I'm, uh, I'm contemplating on my next move. And I see a bunch of these Puerto Rican kids breakdance. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there and I see this DJs plugged up to the light pole just like Flash was. And I went, oh, wow, Latin hip hop, Latin hip hop. Second generation Puerto Ricans. Oh, it's going to happen again, but now we're Puerto Ricans. Right. So I go over to the kid. Who is it? Louis Vega. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's very popular. Just won a Grammy a few years ago. I go over to him. I said, yo, what's your name? Little Louis Vega. I go, I said, we got to do this. What is this? He goes, no, no, we're just break dancing. There was no music yet. You know, so now, luckily for me, I was involved with the music, with the hip hop. So I said, well, I'm going to be the first one to make this music. So my father happened to have another club that we were partners on. It was a salsa club called uh, uh, Voices in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Ralph McCarter, legendary salsa, Mm -hmm. uh, did the garden, did all the big ones, had La India, Mark Anthony, Tito Nieves. He's the promoter there. Thousand people a week we're doing every week. And he gets a gig at the Palladium in the city. Uh We go from a thousand people to zero. Now my father, I go, Dad, I'm telling you, I just found Latin hip hop. It's like, I don't want nothing to do with hip hop, though. Like, I'm telling right. you, this is the next movement. Latin hip hop, the community of the Puerto Ricans are coming into, you know, in the Bronx heavily. I said, this is going to be the next movement. English speaking of the, of the salsa generation. Anyway, he has no choice. There's no customers. I bring Louis in. Boom. 2,000 people immediately. Packed. Because it, it was the next movement. 
street movement. Luckily for me, I seen those movements before they were happening. Yeah, you could say lucky for you, you saw those movements before those were happening, or lucky for you, you had your eyes open and your antennas are up because how many of us see our kids or on Snapchat or doing something new and we go, what is that crap? Instead of going, no, what is that, right? Um, you know, that, that, that shows that there's a lot of aspects of, of, of business that are gut, right? Has your gut always given you you know, some vision or, or made you, what, what made you follow your gut during all these times? I have a lot of common sense and I'm a people's person. I go by vibe, people vibes, you know, how they, how they react to stuff. I always think of the other person in their position in their life, what they're going through. And music is the soothing place that everybody retreats to when they're in trouble, when they're, when they're unhappy, when they're lonely, when they need some kind of guidance, or they want to just forget and plug in. So like I said, so when, when I saw that and brought it indoors, so now I said, I'm going to make the first record. Disco was dead already. So I, I, um, was doing a block party uh -huh. in, in the Bronx uh -huh. and free party for about 5,000 people. And I find this young lady singing in my skating ring called Naomi. Now she uh -huh. was, had a 30 second skit in Crush Groove. Uh -huh. Unbelievable singer, Latina. So I put her with this young kid. They never were, again, with my gut. She never sang. She's 15. He never produced the record. He's 19. I put him together. I told my partner, I said, I think this is going to be the next music. What's it called? I'm calling it Latin hip hop. I don't, that's what I called uh -huh. it back then. We put it out. The record was called Please Don't Go. Immediate smash. The kid becomes a, a hit. On the other side of town, Full Force is producing a young lady called Lisa Lisa. Uh -huh. She was a little more R&B. They were R&B. But I put out that Latin sounding dance record. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests. But with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. 
Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When I put out that Latin-sounding dance record, and then before you know it, the club took off, the music took off, and I became, luckily for me, I was one of the pioneers of hip hop. This, luckily, I was the pioneer of freestyle, freestyle. which was, came to be known okay, as So freestyle. I gotta thank you again. You know, listen, my, my wife, um, our first date, uh, she said I can only take her on a date if I took her to a freestyle concert. <laughs> really? Uh, now, you know, and, um, and you know, uh, so so thanks for hooking me up I heard that one too as well all right? so all right so so now all of a sudden you know uh you're going through all that you, you you started two music genres one you were part of one you actually started and then you returned back to hip-hop well you never really left it never left everybody, everybody always have had a, a love and a respect for your your you know your your love and respect for hip-hop but i i see you started doing stuff with fat joe you had a, a big single with fat joe and and various other things yep well, I opened up another Fever in 92. Right. Uh, so, like you said, I went back to hip-hop. So, on Tremont Webster, the old Devil's Nest, which was the freestyle place, uh-huh. I go back and I start again. So, now I'm third-generation hip-hop. So, now I discover Wu-Tang Clan. They did their first show there. Run DMC does their comeback album. Mm-hmm. I got Jeanne, uh Fuji's did their show there. Biggie's did his very first New York appearance there. Fat Joe was the promoter. I became Fat Joe's manager. Uh, Nas did his uh, first album there. I mean, I have all the flyers. Everything's documented. And now I'm back in the game again with third generation hip hop. So they knew me from the original pioneers. Now they know me from, now I'm like, become a legendary in the genre. And that took off and Joe, and I mean, all of these guys became stars now. Naughty by nature, everybody. No, and listen, you're behind a lot of those people. But I wanna, I wanna let's let's take a moment to be really candid about this. You know, it, it sounds great in dealing with all these artists that 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 have motivated a lot of us around the world. But the music industry is very nasty industry. A lot of these artists are very very hard to deal with. And the 28 year old Sal 
probably had a lot of love for it. The now a little bit of a older one, an older sound, more mature, who maybe didn't want to deal with all this crap, still deals with it and still finds a love and a value for it. What kept you here? Because, you know, in my career, um, and it hasn't been as long as yours, I got tired of dealing with the elements around the music industry. I'd rather just listen to it. Right. Right. Why, why do I got to work with it? Right. Them, right? Um, all the time. I found very few people like the LLs of the world who I can really depend on. Right. What kept you going through it, even though, you know, you went through all that crap, you know, you know I, I know you went through some crap. Well, we didn't, we could talk about that for right. another two hours. Right. What went on in the street, what I had to deal with, with the street, even with the artists, because no matter how big the artists were, the street was still in control of them. Sure. They were still the bosses. And many a times I had to save a life or two. That's how critical it used to be. And when you open seven nights a week, you might have a, a situation on a Monday where somebody might be getting killed. And it's only Monday. We didn't even get to the weekend yet. You know, right. there's 3,300 nights of hip hop I went through. Yeah. So picture 3,000 3, nights in a row. 3,300 nights of hip hop in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Unmonitored. Unmonitored. You know, we were the Cops rock. Cops They wouldn't even go in. And anyway, I had the place all set up where nobody ever got arrested there. We had a light. You'd hit the button. It would, red lights would blink through the whole club and all the rooms, knowing that the police were coming in. So, you know, I always, I was just so community-based. And, you know, I was in, I knew I, I felt I was the chosen one. I, I was the one God picked for, to, to, to help this community and help these people through music, you know, sports and education. So now... How did I stay in it? I just loved what I do. I mean, I still do. It's 47 years later. I just did a big hip-hop concert at um, Barclays. Yeah, you, you, just, you just hosted UMTV, MTV, uh, yeah. UMTV Raps 30th anniversary. Uh, Google named you uh, one of the most influential and or, uh, uh, let me get it straight, the pioneers uh, of hip-hop when they celebrated uh, you know, the 44th anniversary of the birth of hip-hop music. You're still you know, very respected and valued. Where do you find power and the motivation in your personal life and your business life to keep going. Because you could have always just given it up. And honestly, there's so many people that would love to have you consult with them for the new genre of anything coming around. But you understand the way that the youth think and you, want, you see something way before everybody else is on it. Where do you find the power every day to get up and do this in your personal life and your business life? I don't know. I just love what I do. And when, when, when hip hop died, I mean, when freestyle died in the mid nineties, uh, again, trying to reinvent. And I see all of the, the, the drama all those young people went through. They're only in their early thirties and their careers are over already. It's over. The original rappers are over. And all these people used to look up to me and I would still try to go to venues in the, in the mid nineties and the late nineties to finally in the year 2000, I realized they weren't worth anything alone anymore. But if I put them together as a group, 10, 12, 15 them together, it meant something. They became one big rock star. So again, in the 2000s, I reinvent the musics that died. And when I say the musics, the original hip hoppers and the freestyle groups, I start combining them together in venues like Madison Square Garden, Radio City. You know, it was very exciting bringing these artists. Now... It blew up. I love the 80s. I love the 90s. Mm -hmm. They're performing more. Dougie Fresh is doing like 200 shows a year. Right. The freestyle Stevie B, oh, Elisa Lisa. They're all headliners now. They're packing venues all around the country. And I fought through the 2000s to keep it alive. And I then I reinvented again, combining everybody together in major venues. So it sounds like you found power in bringing people together 
and helping them out and letting them understand the value of togetherness, whether it was a community, whether it was a genre. And and today, as we see the resurgence of 90s culture coming around, what do you think about the, the scene today? And um, tell me a little bit more about what do you think about the scene today? If you would talk about hip hop or music in general, I mean, you can talk about EDM as well. I don't know right. what your stance is on that. Um, well, the scene today, I mean, old school looks like new school, actually, at the moment, because mm -hmm. they're the ones packing in all these concerts. But I, I mean, I love hip hop through all the years. I mean, Eminem, Jay-Z, I, I, I love the way it is. I like that they got to the point now where, especially you and I watch your show all the time, it's not even music no more. It's selling products. Right. I'm so happy for everybody. They sell vodka. They sell clothing. Right. They sell other things now. They, the music fuels the money for the real money for the other stuff. Right. And that's what's great because it's supplying jobs. And it was just a triple a trickle effect that it got to this point. And you know, some people are reaching out to me about my life story and how it started and getting to this point. But I love the way it's going. You know, I love that they mixed it with R and B music. All these artists are collab. Look at this Carly B. Girl from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. I love her. So proud of her. Right, right. You know, look where she came from. That's the great, that's yeah. the love of, that's what's so great about music that's and hip-hop. That's the hip -hop. American dream, right? You know, that's it. That's why we do it. That's why we do we do That Moment with Damon John is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from the Black Effect Podcast Network, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. And don't forget to subscribe to and rate the show. And of course, you can all connect with me on any of my social media platforms at the Shark Damon, spelt like Raymond, but what a D. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com you know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? 
Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.